You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to episode 44 of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim Hayes in Gainesville, Florida. We are absent Spencer Howe in Boston, Massachusetts due to um, snow collapse at his house. Yeah, it's probably but a we do have the little guy, Matt Allen, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where it is freezing high. cold. It's zero. The high today was one or negative one, something oh. stupid. So aren't you Exciting. excited to come? Uh, I am actually coming up to Minnesota this Thursday and Friday for uh, the Frostbike trade show through uh, my bike shop, Swift Cycle, here in Gainesville. And I've kind of forgotten what to wear. I opened up my suitcase today, and I had lots of base layers. Um, Bring them all. Anything else uh, you'd recommend that I bring, little guy? Uh, Balaclava. Cover the face. Yeah. Couple Just a bunch of Vaseline for the uh, exposed yeah. pieces of skin when I'm walking around you sh- downtown. You should probably bring a tub of Vaseline. They won't wonder. You should bring that in your carry-on. Now, some people may wonder, you know, some may say, some may ask, are mm-hmm. there any fat bike races going on this weekend up in Minnesota that I should prepare for? And I would, as somebody would say, I don't know. There probably <laughs> are. But I have no idea about that. I'm not the person to ask. Spencer is our resident fat bike expert, and unfortunately, he is digging his fat bike out from a snowbank right now, probably. So that's right. And you know, last episode we did have like over 600 listens for our first our first ever episode over 600 listens that didn't have a special guest. So we don't nice. even need to rest on the laurels of special guests. Um, no. And then also, you know, without Spencer, we're gonna like reveal how the sausage is made. A little bit to our dedicated listeners, but over the course of a week, we will build up the uh, agenda. And normally, we bounce emails back and forth, and we'll come up with like, "Hey, we should really talk about this this week." And every now and then, you just get an audible sigh through an email. It usually comes from Spencer. <laughs> so when it's like, "Hey, we need to talk about fat bike gnats," it will be, mm-hmm. uh, "Hey, we should talk about Fabian Cancellara and him complaining about the one-hour uh, UCI record." Uh, hey guys, we should talk about Lance Armstrong. He's back in the news. Uh, uh, I might say uh, to that too, though. I got I got to side with Spencer on oh, that. Okay. I'm going to give well, my own. But, uh, so, so this may actually be a great episode without Spencer because we actually get to some uh, important topics that need to be discussed. Um, over yeah, of course. But let's t- briefly talk about this Fat Bike Nationals. What really stuck out here was the lack of numbers across the board. Um, yeah. easily less than, than a hundred people, um, participating in all genders and fields. The big news is that USA cycling president and CEO, Steve Johnson winning mm-hmm. a national championship in the 65 to 69 plus fit bikes out of a field of three people. Thank God there's that category. <laughs> so think about the controversy on that one. I'm very interested in, did he pay people off? Uh, 
What, was he the reason that the whole like fat bike nationals was created? He's like, oh man, if I hit it now, now I can get my national championship. I know he is Maybe. a gifted bike rider, but it was definitely a little uh, a little strange. I I hope I hope he had to pay people off and and and, and create an entire event just to win a pretty pretty down the list uh, for what you'd want to win a national championship. That's pretty far down I think there. What? frustrates me the most about fat bike nationals is it very well could become a legitimate national championship and, and you know that would be really nice i'm still confused on what constitutes a fat bike national like does it have to be in the winter on snow because a yeah fat that seems bike, a little we weird we've yeah. been led to believe now through marketing of the companies um, <laughs> that fat bikes are actually just a mountain bike plus right that there are benefits yeah. to use it outside of snow so so i am a little yeah. curious on that but, um, yeah, I wonder if it'll always be a winter thing. Yeah, you know, I I wonder. Now they said that you can bid. Bidding is open for the next year's Fat Bike National Championships, so this may be Florida's moment to shine. Ooh, yeah, to actually get a national championship down here, which would Bunch be one of, of the first national championships in Florida since I believe the Collegiate National Championships at the University of Florida here in like the mid '90s. So, uh, you know, maybe I'll put together a bid. You should do a big do a big sand a sand race. Have people jumping alligators? Maybe alligator jump. <laughs> so fat bike nationals. The other things that did uh, uh, point out besides the the relatively small fields is Ned Overand did win the national championship for fat biking. And Ned Overand, yeah. congratulations! He is a legend and a beast to continue on winning titles. Now, if it was you know a a really well contested. Uh, national championships he, he'd probably be in a little bit more difficulty but he did win wasn't um, it like what, in his backyard wasn't doesn't he live somewhere out there i mean he probably just it was just like his weekend race he's like oh cool i get a medal yeah maybe now Another i am curious up. on what would uh you know the reason behind having fat bike nationals and they said it was a growing sport but if you look at those numbers very disappointing and it's nowhere yeah. in comparison to 24-hour racing which they canceled the national championship for national for 24 hour racing. And you know, the 24 hours of old Pueblo were last weekend and they had record numbers once again, that sells out every year. So I don't understand why they got rid of 24 hour national championship to bring in a national championship that almost next to no one participated in. But I don't feel like the fat bikers, I'm t- I, I, it's growing, but I don't think it's growing. Is it growing in terms of races? It feels like it's just growing in that people want to ride them and then drink bad beer. That seems to be more of the thing that's growing. Yeah, they're definitely not drinking beer of choice, but you know, Fat Bike Nationals may take off. Uh, we will see, but let's get to the topics of discussion that Spencer really didn't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And that of course want- would be, uh, the one hour challenge UCI Ooh. challenge. Uh, yes. the big news this past week, Besides Rohan D- Dani winning uh, in uh, Switzerland two weeks ago, we cu- we touched on that. The big news, of course, is that Fabian Cancellara says that he's now lost all interest in doing the the one hour challenge, uh, one yeah. hour record. And I found that to be hilarious because never before has the one hour record captivated the world as much as now. Granted, there was the Graham Obrey Chris Boardman yeah. challenge, but to me, that seemed more about what kind of crazy bike could be allowed? Yeah, right? a little bit. Like, like who could uh, really push the limits? It wasn't about as much of the athlete, I would say. And now you have rules that make sense. It's the same bike as a pursuit bike. 
let's let's go do it. And Fabian yeah. Cancellara is like, well, I've lost all interest. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I can understand. It seems like you really Why? have to. You really have to just just concentrate on that probably to such an extent because you know like for all these other guys who've been setting the record yeah they've been they've been setting a good record i'm not diminishing the record but like Cancelera, just like wiggins and just like if martin tries it they're expected to just crush it you know no one expects Cancelera to just move it like like one eighth of a k they expect him to add like a kilometer you know i mean they expect to just destroy it and so he he feel, he probably feels like man that's a lot of work yeah, he definitely has lots to, you know, that he should probably be concentrating on. I just think that it would be a great career capstone. And that's where I was kind of hoping that he would go at. That's so, true. There you have it. That makes sense. I I just hope I want him to concentrate on uh winning all the classics and crushing and drinking beer like off the table like he did last year and that cool little smack in the beer thing. Yeah. And then I want him to bring some real nice quality form to Richmond so that we can stand on one of those cobble climbs and witness it in person of Cancellara dropping Boonin. That's what I want to watch. I want to see <laughs> then, that in yeah, person. And then, yeah. and then he could go do the one-hour challenge. Or the one he hour can do whatever record. he sure. wants after that. I, think that I, the, I don't care. What I do like about the one-hour is like I'm actually captivated by it. Like it's boring. I wouldn't – I don't <laughs> think I would go pay money to sit in the velodrome for it. Yeah, but I'm really interested and I'm like researching these riders and look at stuff like – like now there's Decker is next on tap, right? Here's a guy yeah. that doesn't even have a team sponsoring him anymore. And yeah. he's like, he's going, screw it. I'm going to Mexico City to do it at altitude. Yeah. And then it's like, there's the science that you can read up on if altitude actually is beneficial because yeah. of the least resistance or yeah. if it's actually more harmful because of the lack of oxygen in the air. And and all of that to me is is exciting. I I did research on Alex Dowsett, who is the movie star guy that a lot of people mm-hmm. were saying was going to hold the record until Wiggins tries to take it because that guy has the ten mile record in in Britain and is uh you know well known for his time trial abilities. And then yeah. you've got you know when's Tony Martin going to take it? Like I'm actually like who's going to break fifty five k? I'm it it's a time trial. I don't care about time trials, but this is a time trial I do care about because. It's isolated, it's on a track, and it, it can really do a lot for the sponsors. And that's what Den- Dennis's or Denny's did in Switzerland with BMC. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It looks good for the sponsor on the sponsored track, on the sponsored bike, on the sponsored team. He definitely – the trifecta. I, uh, there's definitely some uh, good nerd angles to approach it from I mean, if you really want to nerd out about it. Well, then nerding out on how Bowbridge went out way too fast on his and then yep. cycling tips dot, uh au or .com.au had that great article about the local like elite amateur that tried to do the hour record just to put it all in perspective and i think he finished at 48 kilometers so it really shows you the level between like the top-notch guys and then your local high level you know your local cat one or high level cat two yeah and that was that was pretty cool to see so i could do at least 35 i think (laughs) Well, so what sure. would that what would that translate to? Thirty five. That'd be like what eighteen miles an hour. Yeah, I, well, I don't. I probably couldn't do that. <laughs> I think you could probably on a track. I think uh, eighteen would probably be like. Yeah, I guess I could do that. Reasonable. I mean, I don't know if my if my conversion is ideal. Do you know who who does does Smithers still have the Minnesota record? Didn't he have the Minnesota record? Oh, I forgot about that. We should put that out. Like, I remember there being a Minnesota record. We. 
We should really Smithers, uh, investigate that one a little bit. Smithers, you get in touch with us. Do you still have the record? Yeah, we, we did, should see. Or did we, Timmer uh, take it or something? So, uh, you know, this past week, little guy, we did get a uh, a review on iTunes. I'd give a quick shout out to Adam, aka Dirty Secret, who, even though he only gave us four out of five stars, um, it's still a nice review. It's titled uh, "Nice Work, Boys." And he said, I used to co-host the now defunct District Cycling Podcast, DC Podcast. Mm-hmm. We took in this lost puppy named Mike Creed, and he never went away. Be careful when inviting guests on the show. You <laughs> could end up with someone on your couch who eats all your food and doesn't pay pay the bills. I kid, I kid. Excellent work, guys. I know the hard work that goes into the show in, like this, and I appreciate every episode you all put out. Well, Adam, thanks for the great review. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we're just going to need you. less guests, less less uh, results boy, less Matt Roy, um, just more of us. And then maybe every now and then the special guest, uh, Spencer Howe, out in Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> a very <It's> a, special <laughs> guest. You know, it is uh, weird. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we love Spencer, but sometimes we're curious if he reads the emails that we go back and forth. And, uh, you know, just it's, it's, it's as we – Break down the barriers and remove the veil of secrecy that is the Slow Ride podcast in this episode. Yep. He doesn't want to talk about things. And then sometimes, like, maybe he just doesn't listen to my emails, which kind of is like my entire relationship with the guy. He's just never really wanted to talk to me anyway. I've just kind of talked at him. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Okay, you just got to talk louder or send more emails and the point will get across right there. Now, now you, of course, little guy, can play the heel in this next conversation uh, where I talk up my love of watching Lance Armstrong suffer in the uh, news. Mm-hmm. Lance was in Who the doesn't? news again because he has to pay $10 million to SCA Promotions, that insurance company yep. that he sued. And that's, of course, where the, all the great deposition videotapes are uh-huh. uh, with, with Betsy Andreu and Lance saying, like, I didn't dope. Yep. So I like talking about this. I like seeing this in the news, and I'm starting to get really uh, – uh, Angry, I guess, would be kind of a, a stiff word to say, but I'm getting very disappointed when I hear people say, I don't care anymore. I just don't want to hear about Lance Armstrong. I don't want him in the news. And yeah. to me, I don't understand that. You don't understand just feeling done with it? I understand wanting to make him pay and, and, and wanting, wanting this process to go on. I just It's just so tiring. And I feel like he feeds, he feeds off of any energy, negative negative or positive he feeds off of it he's he's like a he's like a sponge an evil sponge and he and may so be. If you, you give him any attention it feeds him and he gets stronger again if we don't look at him he won't exist anymore if, see, if we don't I, acknowledge the the armstrong there's no armstrong ah uh, see i'm uh, so what so what is it so like i'm more i guess so what the broken windows theory on this is that he needs to be exposed mm-hmm. every time and needs to be dealt with every time because, Should we stop yeah, and frisk every time wants, we see him? Just he, fucking throw him on the pavement and frisk him? Yeah. You know, like okay. I'm tired. Like I hear what I like you're that. saying. Yeah. But for years he ruined people's lives. Yeah. And at every moment he needs to be reminded that he cannot control the narrative anymore. He That's needs true. to be the one that when he's in the news, even though he's giving these stories, like why did he really give that interview to BBC a few weeks ago? Yeah. You know, he gave it because he was trying to control the narrative because he knew this lawsuit was coming down. And because he tried to, you know, settle with them out of court. And here's the thing with, with Lance. That yes, he may feed on this energy. But, you know, he caused a lot of damage and he needs to be dragged through the mud constantly. And, true. And, true. and that's my feeling. Now, that being said, his interview in which he said that he would dope again, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I people are really angry about that. Yeah, and I I'm thought actually that was funny. I'm actually like, I applaud him for being honest on that. Like, I, I feel that you know, because the question was, if you were the same age back in 1996 doing the same thing, would you do it again? Yeah. And his answer right away is yes. And you know, I I think that's an honest answer because who wouldn't do it in that situation? Yeah. And most people did. I think Lance's biggest regret and what he would say is that he came back and didn't give uh, Floyd Landis a job. If he would have given Floyd Landis a job, you and I would be on this podcast and maybe special guest Spencer talking about, (laughs) you know, if Lance did dope or didn't, he would have gotten away with it. And it's true. It's true. He probably would have. I mean, at least for a while longer. It seems like things like this, you just can't keep them. Because his whole tactic is to delay, delay, delay. And yeah. to get more people going, well, I don't care about Lance Armstrong anymore, so I'm not going to follow this lawsuit. Well, people do care about Lance Armstrong, and it's going to be in the news. And the big one is coming with the uh, the Floyd Landis lawsuit on with uh, special guests, uh, the United States government suing against him. So special guests. <laughs> anyway, so that's enough Lance Armstrong. We don't really need to talk that's too much. That's enough Lance Armstrong. Yeah, um, yeah. This past. This past week, we did do the uh, Doc Hollywood special. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a little ditty that I put up, just kind of some recordings. The Doc Hollywood's a, a bike race or bike ride, sorry, that I put on every year here in Gainesville to celebrate the the Michael J. Fox classic movie, Doc Hollywood, which the basic premise of the movie is that he is leaving Washington, D.C. to get to <laughs> Hollywood, California, and he yep. somehow goes through a small town in South Carolina Almost crashes into a cow, and then uh, falls into a fence. And of course, they wreck. He wrecks the Porsche. Yep. And uh, they take you know, the whole fall, thing apart. He falls in love with the uh, with the small town ambulance driver. And <laughs> that movie was filmed just south of Gainesville here. So I I've do never, a ride. Never understood how they how why he was going through the Carolinas. That that part just from the very beginning of the movie bothered me. That's so just, someone, I don't know how you would take that route. Is there a highway route that way that makes the most sense? So I just someone think- told me that there was a deleted scene in which he talked that he was going to visit a cousin in like New Orleans <laughs> or something. Oh, okay. and that to was make like, it make some sense. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay. that movie, there's a lot of weirdness in that movie. A, it's a rated yeah. R movie with Michael J. Fox, which just totally baffles my mind. And Some but nudity. The, the, yeah, I know. And the, the ride that we do covers a lot of the roads that he was in. And it's 78 miles long, but it um, it goes on Lime Rock Roads, which is our version of gravel. Yep. And you've ridden some of these roads. There, there are lots of potholes and whatever. And this ride goes yeah. through all that. And what ends up happening is that it's a neutral ride for the first, like, two-thirds. And then the final 30 miles is just, you know, balls to the walls racing. And, oh, my God, was there a lot of flat tires. There was a lot of carnage. And if you want to l- listen to more, you can uh, – you can listen to that 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 short episode, and we'll be doing more stuff like that. So if you ever have any, like, uh, you know, there's a couple of NCC crits in Florida that I'll be covering, and then, uh, you know, some other things. So we'll be able to do that for you. So if you want to listen to it, go ahead and check it out. It's a good listen. Give it a listen. And then, uh, so look, I, uh, retiring racers uh, was kind of your, your something you wanted to talk about briefly. Uh, yeah, I was just feeling like uh, there's been a lot of talk lately of people talking about, thinking about retiring. There's been Contador 
for a long time was him and Han. I might quit now. I might quit later. Cancel there. The same thing. And then this nonstop Bradley Wiggins love fest that's on like cycling news and all of these websites. Like, let's remember that time Bradley Wiggins did this and did that. And I, I just feel like all these riders, like Considor came out the other day and was like, oh, I'm going to race two more years. How is that news that <laughs> these people are like, they're drawing out these, their retirements by like, so now every time you see Cancellara, you think, oh, is this the last time I get to witness Spartacus? He could just retire at any moment, which like, that's true of everybody. It just, it just feels like uh, a strange way to get extra attention is what it feels like to me. Lately. It is weird, and I don't understand like why it would even be news. But then again, that's kind of what cycling media has like, you know, gotten into. Like, I guess, yeah, like, it's just like let's read the press release, and then there's yeah. not really much journalism. That's that's why I do try to like go to that Shane Stokes uh, guy. He's a great writer for Cycling Tips because yeah. you know sometimes there's just not journalism. Uh, Vela News had a bunch of good pieces on the Cyclocross Nationals. But mm-hmm. cycling news has kind of uh, fallen by the wayside and just like – like why, why is that being covered? You know, maybe in feel, a news brief. Like how is that even like – It's just like press? whole stories about that. I don't know. I mean I guess we're talking about it so maybe. Like we're talking it's, two it's, more Tour de France's. Like, yeah. But savor every moment. Savor every moment. Oh, yeah. I mean I guess it gives them hope if there's like a mechanical again. If there's chain gate. If there's – <laughs> Like how long were the Schlecks retiring? Well, Andy Andy was in perpetual retirement for a couple for the last few years, but but yeah. Anyway, they're not retiring. No one no one you love has retired recently, unless you're still sad about Cadell Evans. Uh, so don't worry, cycling fans. All your favorite racers are still there, and you can watch them tomorrow when there's like three races happening. <laughs> Oh, there is, you know, next week we will talk about the actual racing that's going on. This week we're just yeah. going to kind of go to these topics of choice. But let's go to just some Twitter questions real quick. We've been getting lots of love from uh, Dan Craven at Dan from Nam. He had a seventh place finish uh, the other day at La Tropical. And uh, he did, you know, tweet us back to say, don't worry, I'll be in Europe soon getting top 65th <laughs> uh, place. That was always awesome. And then, uh, Lots of people wanted us to talk about uh, fat bike gnats. Uh, mm-hmm. Taylor Jones, of course, asked, do you think Steve Johnson's entry fee was comped? What do you think? Mm-hmm. I know. I don't think he wants to take that chance. Okay. Get in trouble. Um, Hopefully. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty crazy. Uh, Sean Brick says, is this a joke? Fat bike nationals, a USA jersey, uh, and sleeve stripes for 65 to 69 national championship? And yeah, Sean, it is not a joke. And I guess what's frustrating to me is that there's some fields that only had one competitor in it. And I don't yeah. know if that's worthy of being really a national champion. Because I think of some of the smaller fields at Cyclocross Nationals and something like the women's single speed race still featured amazing competition. But there was at least, I think, 25 people on the start line. And a deserved yeah. champion came out of it, Mo Bruno Roy. And here we have some races where only one person took to the start line and then they got a national championship. There has to be some kind of rule, in my opinion, that says that, you know, there's got to be 10 minimum starters. Yeah, you can't get upgrade points. Like, you know, you shouldn't be able to win the national championship. (laughs) That would make sense for nationals. I mean, you know, you remember back in the day, we'd go do timed events at the track, the state championship timed events. And there was a lot of times when it was just you, me and Spencer 
like doing the doing the like the kilo against each other in the cat fours and you know you knew that all you had to do was soft pedal around and and you you got yourself a bronze medal true uh, great <laughs> those are, those I remember qualifying for nationals times. and we felt really proud, but we never told anybody <laughs> that only two teams showed up for the uh, yeah. team sprint. Um, the team sprint. We were really good. <laughs> Fritz and Mayo uh, at Fritz and Mayo uh, tweets at the slow ride pod. I'm more interested in if any moguls were damaged and the course had to be rerouted to avoid any new snow. Ooh. And, and oh man, what a great trolling question. And then mm-hmm. of course, Taylor Jones jumps in. As groomed and packed as that course looked, you probably could have ridden a, ridden a normal mountain bike or cross bike, which then gets the question of what is an actual fat bike. So great job, Taylor, to get that going. And, uh, you know, the pictures that were coming in that people were tweeting us from the finish line of absolutely no one there uh, were pretty amazing. Uh, so good yeah. stuff as far as uh, fat bike nationals uh, were I have, going. I have, I have a question for fat bike nationals. So, like, for cross, everyone gets upset if you if you put water on the course. Like, if you got a hose out, everyone freaks out. If you created mud, are you allowed to create snow for fat bike nationals? Or does that have to be all natural snow? These are, these are the questions. There better be this, a... Yeah. A section in the rule book for Fat Bike Nationals uh, coming soon. Uh, ben Barry tweets us at the Slow Ride Pod. I love that movie, namely Doc Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And then all he puts is Julie Warner, which is, of course is the actress that uh, that, that stole Michael uh, Michael J. Fox's heart. Ah, I didn't uh, know her name. What else has and, she been in? Do you know anything? Uh, I don't know. And then yeah. uh, <laughs> lots of pictures of Dan from Nam tweeted at us. Uh, wearing his national championship kit uh, in this race, uh, La Tropical, uh, you know, hanging out with locals, wearing the kit. Uh, it's a good-looking nice. kit. Uh, have you seen the national championship kit? It's a it's a good-looking flag. Like, it kind of makes yeah. for a good kit. It's good. It's good. It's got a lot going on, but it's yeah, good. definitely. Like uh, it. Justin uh, 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 from South Carolina hits us up. He says, my only goal for the Swamp Classic, which is this weekend here in Gainesville, is to podium so I can bring my bike up there just for Ooh. the Slow Ride Pod. In my hometown, he's going to bring a podium for a podium bike. That will That's not dirty. be allowed, just, Justin. Uh, I will take personal offense. But the good news is no one's going to be there to watch it anyway because uh, <laughs> I'll be in Minnesota and it's also a crate in Gainesville. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Kind of busy week on Twitter. Lots of stuff going on. Spencer will be out next week. Uh, I definitely uh, – some things we're going to talk about is uh, an article that was written by a Belgian stylist that ranked the jerseys of choice. At, uh, Astana, number one again. One of the things that I saw come along on social media that that I – one thing I do appreciate about Adam Meyerson, there's there's a lot. He's a, he's a great uh, resource to have is that he's willing to, to um, share his opinion on Twitter. Yeah. Michael Creed the other day announced his new – training camp through Carmichael training systems and Adam Meyerson called them out and said, seriously, through Carmichael, uh, because <laughs> Carmichael, of course, Lance Armstrong coach and a long time, uh, uh, figure in the doping scandal that yeah. was, uh, Lance Armstrong that of course, most people don't want to talk about. Yep. Uh, so little guys, is there anything else you would like to, uh, discuss for the, the slow ride pad, uh, episode 40, Three? Four? Or 44. Yeah, we're at 44. Thank oh, you. I just wanted to mention the uh, sad passing of, and I'm going to totally mess up his name, of uh, uh, Claude Cricklion. He's the 84 world champion, won a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, probably a lot of people remember him in that 
sprint in uh, the World Championships in 1988 with Steve Bauer, and they tangled, and they went down, or he went down, and uh, Fondrias ended up sneaking around him and winning the Worlds. And uh, so Bauer went down. Oh, that's right. Bauer didn't win either. No, and Bauer. Bauer kind of took out. Took out Claude Claude. I'm messing up his name. So but anyway, ever- he passed away at the age of 58 from a stroke. So it was sad news to hear. Um, now that yeah, saw that- a lot of good things people saying about him on the internet. So. Yeah, I did. I did see that. And sorry, sorry to interrupt you there. But to go on Steve Bauer, that that sprint, there was like a lawsuit that came out of that, right? Like I yeah, you just he, told me about that. He ended up suing Steve Bauer. I don't know. Eventually, he got thrown out, but I. I feel like it dragged on for a few years, which must have been pretty tense if they were still um, racing against each other. Because I, I think the thing I was reading about him, he retired in like 91 and Bauer raced at least somewhere into the 90s. So they were racing together for a few years with a lawsuit at the same time. So that couldn't have made for, you know, anything good. I can't imagine if they bridged up to a break together that they were uh, working, willing, together. willing to work. I wonder um, if they had like a gag order and they weren't allowed to, uh, you know, discuss. But that probably. is, uh, you know, it's pretty crazy. That leads me to wonder if there's any Canadian world champions outside of Catherine Pendrel and the mountain bike side. I'm sure maybe on the track there's been a few, but there's definitely not on the road. And I'm thinking of Sven Tuft because I don't think he ever became time trial world champion. He just got silver medal in the Olympics, correct? So. Yeah, no, he's not world. What about Ryder? Was he in mountain biking or was he like second? He might have podiumed at the Worlds in mountain biking. Well, some listeners can find that and leave it, uh, you know, yeah. send us an email or Let us uh, know. If there's some sort of searching device on the internet yeah, yeah. you guys there's... could point us to, we just, we have no idea. I've been poking at DOS prompts all day and I'm not getting anything. <laughs> So you've been listening to the 44th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. Thanks for joining us. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher. Um, leave us a review. Tell your friends. Continue to subscribe. We have a big announcement coming soon about a new sponsor for the Slow Ride Podcast. Oh, it's yeah. It's going to help uh, make your rides way more comfortable. And smooth. just lots of lot, smooth and minty. There's a lot of great things happening uh, with the Slow Ride you subscribe, you can get special edition reports just like that Doc Hollywood one that I wrote or that I uh, made. Got one coming up for Frostbike. Lots of cool things happening within the Slow Ride Podcast. But if you subscribe, it's easier to find out. And you can always tweet us at the Slow Ride Pod or send us your emails at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. We appreciate uh, you taking the time to join us. And with that, uh, we say see you later. Bye-bye. You know, we really need to work on our sound on our sign offs, little guy. What do you what should we do? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> listeners can tell us something that's cool and kitschy <laughs> for what we can do to like you know, hey, eat a meatball don't, sandwich or something. Don't you know, ride like, like my buddy. <laughs> don't 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 take don't take crappy pulls like 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 Tim. <laughs> yeah, we gotta have something kitschy. Maybe we'll find yeah. it out. All right. Don't turn like Super Rookie. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.